Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning back into the Anish experience. Whether it's your first time listening to the podcast or uh, you've been with me since the beginning, I want to thank you for tuning in. Uh, so this week on the sports uh, talk show, I wanted to touch on a few different topics, including uh, the NFL uh, and what's happened with the Kareem Hunt and Reuben Foster situation this week. Um the uh, Liverpool PSG game midweek, which I have to say was uh, quite intense uh, and very interesting. Obviously, not the result I wanted or expected, but um, it was a good game and entertaining nonetheless. Uh, the last thing, as well, is the Raptors Warriors game this week because although it is November and it is extremely insignificant in the long term aspect, it was still uh, an exciting game and something I wanted to touch on a little bit. Um, so I'll so sort of start with that. Uh, the first one, I guess, is the NFL, or as I like to call it, uh, the No Fun League. And so this week, um, a couple of things happened, which have, again, cemented the NFL as one of those leagues that um, has w- far too many scandals that I think they know uh, how to handle. And this week, what happened with, uh, firstly, I'll sort of touch on Reuben Foster, and then I'll go into a little bit on Kareem Hunt. But uh, Reuben Foster was a uh, firmer first-round pick, linebacker, who played for the San Francisco 49ers, and was arrested um, for the third time this year, actually, uh, second for uh, domestic violence. And so immediately after that happened, uh, the San Francisco 49ers did um, what anybody, I think, should have done on the first time, uh, was cut him. Uh, Now, they didn't do this before when he got arrested twice, uh, but they did it now. And uh, once that happened, the Washington uh, Redskins professional football team, because they still won't get rid of their uh, name, uh, picked him up. And uh, picked him up even though he's on the NFL um, commissioner's exempt list, meaning that he can't play uh, and is definitely going to be picking up a suspension. Uh, They picked him up, and they also asked... Uh, the senior vice president of personnel, who was on a Washington radio station this week, uh, and he talked about how that everyone in the organization um, was on board with picking him up and uh, taking him. And this is, I mean, this it's frankly ridiculous and something that the NFL is, um, they don't really care about. And they, uh, the, the league has made clear that it doesn't matter if you abuse women um, or are arrested for it. Um, you can get a job, and as long as you perform and you produce on the field, people don't really care. Whereas if you take a stand against uh, police brutality, as is seen with Colin Kaepernick, uh, you can't get a job, and uh, nobody and nobody cares about you. And the the main reason behind this is who runs the league, and uh, it's these old rich white owners, except for Shahid Khan who owns the Jaguars. But it's these old white guys uh, with a lot of money. Uh, and a lot of old money who now um, don't want uh, the players to get more money and think that they are the ones who deserve um, what's coming to them. And so, so yeah, so sort of going back to the Redskins, it's interesting because the, the vice president of player personnel who went on the radio station this week called the issue small potatoes uh, compared to other things that are out there. And, I mean, if you're a franchise that's going with Colt McCoy and Mark Sanchez uh, over Alex Smith right now, uh, you clearly have no idea what you're doing. And I think it sort of runs all the way up to the top. And their owner, Dan Snyder, who has continued to be a mediocre at best owner um, for years. 
And so this sort of sort of leads into, I think, the Kareem Hunt case. And it's a much more publicized one this week that a lot of people are talking about just because I think there's video evidence of it. But basically what happened was there's video that came out from TMZ from February where Kareem Hunt was shown on video to kick a woman. Uh, now, if you've seen the video at all, you know that... Um, you know that the kick wasn't hard. I mean, he he was he pushed another guy who fell into a girl and then came back and kicked her again. Now, it doesn't obviously condone what he did because what he did was still deplorable and there's really no justification for it. But it's not, I think, compared to the Ray Rice video where there it looked like there was clear intent to hurt um, and there was clear intent to do some damage. I think the other thing that's important to note with the Kareem Hunt video and obviously with any video that sort of comes out is there's lacking context and there's context for a lot of that. Now, it doesn't necessarily excuse what Kareem Hunt did, but he was with a large group of people and there was clearly something else going on that did that. And so basically at this point, the KC Chiefs um, have cut him and they cut him immediately. Uh, he was also put on the NFL commissioner's exemption list, just like Reuben Foster, and uh, just read something actually in the last couple hours that said that he's now uh, going to be suspended for a period longer than six games, uh, which I think is a whole NFLPA, um, that'll be a whole interesting situation once a team picks him up, because we know a team is going to pick him up uh, quite soon, because he's still a great player. Um, but it, it's just amazing, because you have you have so many examples. Um, now, I don't know from a data perspective if it's more or less less than the national domestic violence average. I, I, I wouldn't say it's um, more than it is, but I think just because of the how big the league is and obviously how much it's covered on a day-to-day -day basis, anything like this that comes up gets magnified, um, obviously, infinitely more. And so they, the Chiefs did what any good team should do when they see something like this and cut them immediately. And it's kind of um, interesting to think that the reason they cut him is because of a video. Uh, and the, they have another player on their team, uh, Tyree Kill, who many people know if you follow football, is probably the best fantasy wide receiver this year. He is a can probably run in the Olympics uh, in 100 meter and 200 meter, um, which is crazy. So clearly he's got a ton of athletic talent. Um, but he is a bad guy. He's a really, really bad guy who was arrested uh, for domestic violence in 2014 for beating his then pregnant girlfriend in college. Um, and I sort of read and looked into a little bit uh, into this issue a little bit more. And so according to the department's arrest report, Tyree Kill's girlfriend at the time showed up in the emergency room with cuts and bruises on her face and neck. The officer who filed the report also noted that her lip was busted, she was wincing in pain, and her eye was turning purple. She was eight weeks pregnant at this time, and she alleges that Hill grabbed her neck with his hands, pinned her against the wall, and then threw her to the ground like a rag doll. She also told an officer that Hill picked her up by the hair and put her in a headlock. And after she only screamed, I can't breathe, he then released her, sat on top of her, and while punching uh, her in the stomach. Now, these are harrowing and absolutely disgusting details that came out about this guy. And at the time that it came out, all the NFL teams knew about it, and a lot of people took them off their draft board. But a team like the Kansas City Chiefs thought, you know what? He can still run really fast. He's probably going to be a great star. Let's just take him anyway, and we'll deal with the afterthought. And it clearly means that the NFL doesn't care about women and they doesn't care about um, domestic violence in any way. And I, I mean, most people, I think, who are listening to this, who have followed the NFL for years, know that that's not a new 
take, um, and that's not a new opinion, but it's amazing because especially in this age of Me Too with a lot more women coming out to talk about the things that have happened to them and a lot more people um, in power. And the only reason they cut Kareem Hunt is because there's a video. Um, and it's also it's also an other interesting question into um, how much the Kansas City Chiefs actually knew about the situation in Kareem Hunt because it came out that there was instances in which um, they knew about it, that the incident happened in February, but that apparently Kareem Hunt uh, lied to the Chiefs at that time um, and didn't uh, didn't tell them the whole story. So I think I think in that sense it's um, it's interesting to see it like what did the NFL know at the time? Because in the Ray Rice situation, the reason the NFL got caught out was because Ray Rice was, the, the video came out, the NFL knew about the video, didn't do anything about the video and said they were investigating. And then only when the video came to public, then they came out and changed their story. But apparently conversations had already been happening internally. There was already investigations going into it. And it was only basically because they were caught um, that something changed. So I think what the next couple of weeks will be interesting to see um, what comes out of the Kareem Hunt story because a, a story hasn't been like this since Ray Rice because there's now obviously clearly video evidence um, that you can see exactly what he did. Uh, and so it, it also it also poses an interesting question for myself because there's a moral dilemma I have every sort of time you watch football because you have teams and owners and the league who just doesn't give a shit about their players they, they don't care that their players get injured all the time. They don't care that their players are getting concussions. They don't care that their players are dying because it's the bottom line, because they're making more money than ever. Uh, ratings are up again this year after what they say, I think, was an election year uh, downturn last year. And the product on the field is still good. Teams are scoring more than ever. There's more points more than ever. People are getting more interested into the game. They're expanding they now have four games in London compared to a couple years ago where they only had one. And every single owner is making more and more money. And yet at the same time, you have these big issues, especially, I think, domestic violence being, and especially with the Me Too movement coming out so uh, recently and so many people getting on board with that, that it, they're not, they're not going to change. And so at the same time, I, I also do want to watch football because I still enjoy the game. I still enjoy, especially when the playoffs come on, the intensity and people hitting each other and good runs and big plays. But yet, like, you can't, you can't just disregard this complete other side of the league. And so it's an interesting thing because I think the other, the other reason that it's tough to stop watching football is because of fantasy, because so many people are engrossed, just like me, every single week into what their fantasy team is going to do and if Drew Bees is going to get them more points than Jameis Winston and who's going to, if uh, Adrian Peterson is the right play this week or it's LaShawn McCoy. And yet, at the same time, you have, even with that example, you have Adrian Peterson, a guy who is going to go down as a one of the best running backs of all time, beat his kids and beats his kids normally. And of course, that was something that was that was that typically happened um, in uh, generations before us, but you don't do that these days. And the other thing is LaShawn McCoy, who's another um, another person who's been um, accused of domestic violence and been arrested for domestic violence, and the jury's still out on what's going to happen with him. Um, so it's 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 just interesting because every every week 
you watch these, I watch these games and I think this product is great. And then during the week, I always think, why the hell do I watch stuff like this? Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens this time. I, I don't think anything's going to change. Somebody's going to pick up Kareem Hunt because he's a good player. He's going to be suspended for a bunch of games and then he's going to play again and nobody will uh, remember. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, the next sort of thing I wanted to talk about was uh, the Liverpool PSG game. And so uh, it was an exciting midweek affair that I think Liverpool obviously wanted and needed to get that uh, unfortunately the result didn't go in their way. A bunch of celebrities came to the game. So you have guys like Mick Jagger and DiCaprio were all sitting next to each other, which clearly meant that this was a was a big, big European match. Uh, and in the end, I think objectively, I mean, PSG deserved to win. They had much more energy in the first half. They came out flying. Uh, their midfield controlled everything. Uh, and Liverpool couldn't do anything. I mean, they didn't have energy in the first half. They couldn't control the ball. Um and so, yeah, it was a deserved result. I mean, Liverpool shouldn't probably have even had the penalty. I mean, the penalty, I think, was deserved, but they didn't, as a team, play well enough to deserve the goal. Um, so I think in, in that sense, it would be interesting to see what happens next because na- na- now in the last game, they need a win. And if they don't get a win, uh, they don't go through, which is kind of crazy considering that they were the Champions League finalists um, a year ago. I think the other thing while watching this game is I also realized that Brazilian players are just really annoying to watch sometimes, especially with Neymar and Alves and Silva and with the antics that they have, more more Neymar than anybody else. I mean, most people, if they can remember watching the World Cup, remember him against Mexico, where I think a whole country uh, hated what he was doing because every time he gets touched, the guy winces and is on, is on the ground and extreme amounts of pain but it's all an act I mean and Ronaldo and players like Ronaldo and Neymar have now made it famous and the sad part is is you now have a generation of young people and people who idolize these guys coming up thinking that because they do it that it's okay and uh, that's something that they can get away with which is extremely frustrating because it slows down the flow of the game you know that they're making an act of it and yet at the same time because you also don't know that if they do have a real injury or not, every ref has to stop the game, they have to go to the player, they have to look at him, they have to decide if it's good or not. And yet two minutes later, not even two minutes later, a minute later, they'll get up and be like, everything is fine. So it's frustrating in that sense, but I mean, what what can you do? The other thing I wanted to talk about in that game was Ver- Marco Verratti um, had a big studs-up challenge uh, sort of earlier on in the first half that personally I think it should have been a red card, and if you look at photos and videos of the incident, you can sort of see that he went studs-up into Gomez um, and got called for yellow. So, I mean, in, in when you watch that live, I don't think people thought it was that bad, but if you go back and take a look... I think it probably could have warranted a red card. Either way, that's just uh, the bitter Liverpool fan in me uh, wanting the result to be different. But nonetheless, it was a it was a uh, it was a loss that was unfortunate. Um, but it means that we have a big big European night coming up in a couple weeks, and it'll be really interesting to see how they perform. Uh, personally, I think they they'll come out flying and they should get in. But Napoli's a great team and a great test, and um, we'll we'll see what happens. And so that leads me into sort of the last topic of the week, which is uh, the Raptors-Warriors. So the Toronto Raptors, best team in the East, and Golden State Warriors, best team in the West, played each other on Thursday night. And it was a fun, fun game. I mean, it was probably the best regular season game that's happened so far, even though you've had, obviously, so many good games. Kemba was going 60, 
but it was fun. I mean, but back and forth. I mean, the Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant matchup, seeing those guys go at it, seeing how, I mean, Kawhi is just unbelievable. He's so long. He can guard so many positions. He affects so many different shots. And yet, on the offensive end, he's still a stud. He can create his own shot. He can go into the post. He can knock down a corner three. He can run an offense. On, on the other side, you have Durant, who just clearly put the ball in his own hands and did everything he could for his team. I mean, that highlight of him just coming down the court at the end of the third and pulling up from halfway, I mean, it reminds you of Steph Curry against OKC a few years ago when he did it at the buzzer. But it's just, I mean, there's guys in history who have never really come and, and thought, you know what, this is, this is what I'm going to do is just pull up from half. People usually try to get a good shot, try to get as close to the basket as they can and then put it up. But these guys just like wanted to pull up from that range. So, I mean, in that sense, it was so impressive. And I think the other thing with the Raptors, I think it was a good test for them in the sense that they know that they can compete um, with the top teams. And obviously, Golden State wasn't healthy. They didn't have Green. They didn't have Curry. Um but it was, it was one of those things that especially, I think, once the Raptors sort of collapsed towards the end of the fourth and Durant hit those two big threes, I mean, most Raptor fans that I think I know, because I had the same feeling, was, oh, my God, this is another one of those games where the team from old, they they get an early lead and then they collapse towards the end and then they can't hold it. And, I mean, that's what happened with Cleveland. That's what happened with Washington. That's what happened for years and years and years. So I think the fact that they showed up in OT, they, they held together defensively, and they still put up points is, is a very good sign for the future. Uh, it also feels like a different team. I mean, every every single person that I know in my life who knows that I'm a Raptor fan will probably say, oh, no, but it's the same as Cleveland and they haven't done anything and how is this year going to be different? But, I mean, I can tell you just by watching this team, like, Kawhi is a different animal. I mean, he is an unbelievable player that right now, uh, besides Giannis, I think, is probably front runner for MVP. And if the Raptors win 65-plus games and Kawhi is their best player, I think, playing over 70, I mean, I think he's going to win it. So this team just feels different. I think Siakam's already um, also been made a huge upgrade. I know uh, following him over the summer, he worked out with a basketball guru out in uh, L.A. called Drew Hanlon, who always gets um, a lot of the big NBA players together. So like the Paul George and Russell Westbrook and Chris Paul and Harden and DeRozan and all these guys um, and works out with them and runs scrimmages and Everybody, and he said himself, even the trainer, Drew Hanlon, that Siakam was the one that surprised the people the most and that even stars were asking, who is this guy and, and why, how, what, what is he doing? So I think that's really, really exciting. And, I mean, it'll be interesting to see where this team goes because everybody knows that the regular season doesn't mean anything. And they can do whatever they want. They can beat teams by whatever. They can win 70 games. But until they go into the playoffs and can beat Boston, Philly, and Milwaukee and get to a final and compete with the best, they're, they're not going to do anything. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. And, um, yeah, exciting, exciting times ahead. So that sort of leads me into the last uh, segment, my another one of the WWW segment. I still need to come up with a better name, but that's what I've been going on right now. And it's a story of a, about Dwight Howard and transgender sex parties. And so I will, basically what came up this week was Dwight Howard was put on blast uh, by this trans woman um, on Twitter who had this long thread and tons of videos and photos and evidence of Dwight Howard and how Dwight Howard threatened her um, if she ever was to make their relationship public. And also how Dwight Howard attended multiple different uh, transgender orgies. Now, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't need to comment on Dwight Howard's sexuality because that's a personal thing that he can decide to do at any point. 
but I mean, just going through the Twitter feed, it's it's a hilarious one to go through. And so I'll make sure to add the link um, so people can check it at their own uh, on their own time. But it is it is so funny, and it is one of those things that you just don't hear about. Um, I mean, transgender sex parties and NBA players are not two words you tend to associate with one another. And so that, I think, was probably the weirdest um, thing I thought this week. So again, that uh, that's what it leads me off with this week. Uh, always appreciate any feedback that you guys have, and thank you for those who have already reached out. Um, I've tried to implement this as much as possible, but I know that this is obviously a long process, and it's going to take um, a long period of time before I think I'm fully comfortable and set up and ready to go. But again, thank you for listening, guys. I do hope you enjoy this. Um, you can always follow the podcast um, on Facebook at The Anish Experience or on Instagram at The Anish Experience. Um, I know I haven't been great with Instagram recently. I'm still trying to get get it up and running. Um, but yeah, I hope you enjoyed it, and I will uh, speak to you soon. Thanks. Time for the fact check with your host, Anish Kaushal. Hey guys, just wanted to say a few words before you go. First off, uh, surprisingly good this week, and no uh, facts to edit or double check. I wanted to thank you again for taking the time to listen to this, and as always, appreciate any feedback that you guys have. I know I obviously already say to um and like, and obviously far too much, and I really need to improve on that. So that's going to be something that I'm going to work towards, hopefully over the next uh, couple of times that I do this podcast. And yeah, lastly, just again, follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And if you have anyone in your life who you think would be interested in this, please uh, let them know to take a listen. And uh, have a good week, guys. I am off next week because I'm traveling, so there won't be a sports talk uh, episode coming up. But I'm going to be back, I think, the following week after that. So enjoy your week, and remember to always stay curious.